0: This is Kara Foster, Senior Minister of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky. You're listening to our sermon podcast. You can connect with us at firstchristianmadisonville.org or join us in person at 8.30 and 11 a.m. at 10.30 College Drive in beautiful Madisonville, Kentucky. I hope you'll subscribe. Thanks. Well, the book of Acts, is about the church becoming the church. Even though they are not side by side in your New Testament, Luke and Acts are written by the same authors, author. And the story of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, from Peter stepping in to become the leader, from Saul, the Christian hunter, to becoming Paul, the apostle. It tells of missionary adventures, imprisonment, the first martyr of the faith, and so, so much more. Acts really and truly is an amazing book that tells us about the start of the church. And our passage today is from Acts chapter 2. The fire of Pentecost has been ignited. Shortly before our passage, we learn that there have been 3,000 people added to the faith and baptized and in verse 37 it says people were cut to the heart by peter's preaching i love that phrase and now in acts chapter 2 beginning in verse 42 it begins to talk specifically about what the church was like about the ministry of the church and it's those verses i want to read with you today it's from chapter 2 beginning in verse 42. they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Now in just five short verses, we see really some important characteristics about what the church looked like. Really, it's three specific ones that I wanna lift up to you today. And if you haven't already forgotten, In the midst of this stewardship campaign as we begin to look ahead and imagine what god is calling us to be in the future i wanted to look way back at the book of acts and to think about what the church looked like there you know one of the values of our traditions of being a part of the christian church disciples of christ is that we have always seen ourselves as a new testament church In the early 1800s, the leader of the movement thought if they could just try and shape a church that looked like the church in the New Testament. It it impacts the way we baptize, it's why we have communion every Sunday, it's why we believe so strongly in the unity of the whole church everywhere and in Christian unity. Being a New Testament church has been important to our own identity and who we are. And in these five verses in Acts, we see some important characteristics about that New Testament church. And I wanted to spend today talking about those things. The first thing we see in those verses is that they were devoted to learning and growing in their faith. The scripture says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, devoted to their faith. What are you devoted to? I asked myself this week, what are, what are we devoted to? You know, I've done a lot of funerals over the course of my ministry. Some people I knew very well, some people I never met. And the truth is that we can talk a good talk in our lives. We can say what we are about and who we are about and what we are devoted to, but in the end, our lives always speak for themselves. Did we use our gifts? Did we serve? Did we use our talents? Who are we devoted to? The church in Acts was devoted to their faith. They were committed to being together and worship and study and prayer. And here they are, this tiny religious minority sect. They're still even gathering at the temple. They're devoted to their faith, to learning and worshiping and growing. And the second thing I wanted to mention here today is that the church in Acts had a deep sense of community. Verse 44, all who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. In other words, they took care of each other. They supported each other. You know, scripture is full of God's concern for the poor, of God's concern for the care of widows and orphans. It's because they were vulnerable people. They had no rights, they couldn't work, they couldn't provide for themselves. They were a people in the community that were always vulnerable. And it makes you ask yourself, who are the vulnerable today that God is calling us to care for? Who are those vulnerable people? They had a sense of community, that they were in this together. And you know, I couldn't write about what it means to be community and in this together without referencing the great Presbyterian pastor, Reverend Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, if you don't know, who was a minister. And he writes, we live in a world in which we need to share responsibility. It's easy to say, it's not my child, not my community, not my world, not my problem. Then there are those who see the need and respond. I consider those people my heroes. Where did Mr. Rogers get his ideas about the neighborhood on his show? From his faith, from his Christian faith. He understood that's what it means to be the church that there's no such thing as somebody else's kids and the church understood that too as they tried to take care of one another they even radically sold their own stuff so that others would be able to live they lived with radical generosity and people used to be amazed by Christians because of this they watched as this new religious group began to cross different racial and class bounds. They watched uh, rich and poor people sitting down at the table and breaking bed together. They saw Jew and Gentile and male and female and slave and free acting as one body of Christ. And this was outrageous. The church wasn't just ignoring walls of division, they were taking the walls down, and people were amazed. When they saw what Christians were about, they wanted to know, if this is who they are, then who is this Jesus? Who is this savior they proclaimed to follow? They wanted to know more about Jesus by what they saw these Christians doing. And we can't forget that the church in this time is living in the midst of a society that really and truly saw them as suspect at best. They were facing great persecution from people like Saul, who wanted to lock up every Christian he could find and throw away the key. You know, something that's beyond uh, scripture, but we know from history that in the year 64, two-thirds of the city of Rome burned down and the emperor nero blamed christians for causing this fire they didn't start the fire but he knew that this small religious minority would be a great group to point the finger at and blame and it started a whole generation of a lot of christian persecution in that time and place they were they had so many odds stacked against them as a church and think about it, instead of being a group relegated to history that we read about in our books, here we are, church. Here we are. The spark of Pentecost that began the church, the spark of that spirit that began telling the story of Christ at work in the world still lives in us. Here we are, First Christian Church in Madisonville, Kentucky still telling the story of Jesus and his goodness and grace and mercy in the world. Which leads me to the third thing I wanted to mention about the Acts Church. They were joyful. They were joyful. It says they had glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all. People were drawn to that. How can these Christians who are being persecuted, who are being thrown in prison and crucified and fed to lions and tigers, how can they be so joyful? Why are they singing from their prison cells? People wanted to know. You know, I remember sitting in worship in Haiti just a little over a year after the big earthquake that happened there. And our group had come to help rebuild one of our global mission partners, Conus Bay Church, to help rebuild their church that had fallen. And we were rebuilding a very simple building, which is what they had to begin with, a concrete floor, cinder block, rebar walls, uh, tin metal roof. And when we got there, they already had the floors and about three of the walls up. And um, just a little side note here about worship in Haiti in the Protestant church there. Um, I had been there before, and so, um, and I was caught off guard the very first time I was in worship. And what I now know is that uh, their, their hospitality and generosity is so great that if they know you are a minister, they will call you up to share a word with the whole church. And the first time that happened to me, I was not prepared. And so... This time, I just, before I even landed in that country, I came with a nice little 10 minute message that I was ready to give if surprisingly called upon. And sure enough, I was surprisingly called upon to share a good word with the church. This is not even the sermon. The sermon was coming later. So I gave my best 10 minutes to the good folks of Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And uh, the translation was being done by the head minister's wife. And she was graciously going back and forth as she translated what I was saying to everyone into Creole. And I I got to the end and I said, amen, and she went, yada, 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 amen, amen. She turned to me, she couldn't believe I was done. And I said, amen, it was a little squeaky amen. And I said, that's it, that's all I got. And she proceeded to go on another 15 minutes and gave a much better sermon. (laughs) So besides my poor preaching in Haiti, what I remember, though, is that the minister of the church was leading the music and song on an accordion. And I didn't know the song, and I didn't know the language, and I was listening to everybody sing, and suddenly... I cried? Why is this making me cry? You know, I realized it was the joy. It was the joy in their voices. Everybody there that day, every single person there, they had either lost their home, someone they loved, or their livelihood in that earthquake. I know that they had lost their church building and their school building because the school was housed in the church. And I listened to the joy in their voices as they sang to God in a sanctuary with no roof. Where did they get that from? Where do you get that from? You know, the church in Acts understood that. The church in Haiti sure knows that, that you can keep on praising God even when the walls come down. You know, one of my favorite preachers, Frederick Bigner, just defined faith as learning to whistle in the dark. They knew what that meant, the courage to whistle in the darkness. The early church was devoted to growing and learning in their faith. They had a deep sense of community, and they were living with glad and generous hearts. And I believe that people still want a church like that. I believe that people are hungry for a church like that, a church that tries to seek Jesus in all things, a church that tries to take down walls of division wherever we find them to as to welcome all to the expansive love of Jesus Christ. A church that understands we really are in this together and none of us are getting out alive. A church that is still choosing generosity over everything. I believe people are hungry for a church like that. A church that even tells you, you know, you can cry through your tears and sing in spite of it. We are the legacy of that church. The same spirit of the church in acts is at work in us. You know, I remember a quote that I read and I wrote it down as soon as I read it, even though it had nothing to do with the church, but it said, there are two places you need to go often, two places you need to go often in your life, the place that heals you and the place that inspires you. I know what I want my answer to be. Church, I hope that this is a place that heals your heart. I hope that this is a place that inspires you to be more than you can be. A community that throws open the doors, not because we are perfect people, but because we want to learn about his perfect love. Don't you? Don't you? Amen.